everyone. Welcome back to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we rewatch and recap episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are none other than myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Robbie, what's up? Garrett, what's up? Look at you and your cool background. Yes, today I have the slightly childlike space animation world, I guess. Yeah. yeah, as Megan said, it's sort of space jammy, is what it space looks jammy. like. Space jammy. Yeah, it looks jammy like space jammy. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Mine's just a whole, just. You know, There's a nebula of some. You, yeah. you need some coffee. That's why it's, you've got a nebula behind you. <laughs> this is my, is there coffee in that nebula background? There exactly. <laughs> Everyone exactly. listening is like, what are they talking about? But that's okay. That's all right. We have, uh, you know, I, I, I just want to say, like, you know, we had a busy weekend with the Delta Flyers. We've we've had some really interesting interviews um, that are part of our you know our bonus content that mm-hmm. we offer up on our Patreon site. We've we've had some great discussions with our Admiral level patrons yeah. and yeah. some really really deep group chats. There, it's just been you know because I'm working now during the week, we're we're squeezing a lot into the weekends, but mm-hmm. it's been a really exciting kind of trek conversation this weekend that you and i have been able to have and so both yeah both of them have been really fun both the yeah. admiral meeting we've had the zoom calls i'm uh, speaking of we were talking about deep issues uh we also owe a deep dive we need to record we haven't done that either yeah yeah so that has to well, be done before the end of this month so there's a lot but what i love about what's happening is there's a lot of activity with the delta flyers that this platform that we sort of started out in the in the COVID shutdown is sort of, hey, let's do a little podcast. It's mm-hmm. turned into a into a community and a conversation and a platform for people to uh, to really get get involved with each other and, and a place to go. So that's mm-hmm. exciting. It's been really fun. This weekend, yeah. definitely, I felt it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and we have those platforms, the Facebook private group. We have the Discord private group. So yeah. those are things that the, the patrons are, are able to interact with each other. And, and really, it's become um, uh, something that everyone's been looking forward to and, and really relishing the fact that they have a place to go and, and talk Trek. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's been yeah. fun. It's been a lot of fun. I'm excited. All right. Um, so this week's episode is uh, yes. Resistance. 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 Um, resistance. Okay. So let's go, um, let's go watch this uh, episode and let's come back and give everyone our two cents on resistance. Let's do that. I'm excited to watch it. All right. I'll, I'll see you after. Okay. All right, guys, we are back from watching Resistance. Le Résistance. Le Résistance. Um, that, was, that was a great episode. And I know yeah. I, I loved that episode. I really did. You're not did. just saying that, are you? I'm not just saying that. I know people lately are like, oh, now you just love every episode. No. I'm being honest. I, love, I really love this episode. I thought Joel Grey was so good. I thought Kate was so good. I thought the script was really well-crafted. I thought Rick Colby did a beautiful job directing, as usual. Mm-hmm. Just very dynamic storytelling with a camera, good angles, just attention to detail. I thought it was great. I really did. I liked this episode. Okay. Uh, did you come up with a limerick? 
I did. All right. I did. You know, it's my... Your synopsis limerick. My synopsis limerick. Okay, here we go. Here's my synopsis limerick. Voyager needed some fuel. The planet that had some was cruel. Janeway met Joel Gray, and together they saved the day. And Janeway kept the family jewels. Nice. There you go. All right. There you go. That's my limerick. I just had to work family jewels in there somewhere. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I feel like we're on the same wavelength because my haiku, here's my haiku. Here we go. Okay. Need Tellurium. Crew held in Mokrin prison. Joel Gray saves the day. Ah, we're totally <laughs> in the same wavelength. The same wavelength. We use Joel Gray saving the day. We and Tellurium. You needed some fuel. Yeah. 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 Story by Michael Jan Friedman and Kevin J. Ryan. Teleplay by Lisa Clink. This is, I think, her first teleplay. I think it is. Yeah, of all the entire of the run of Voyager, right? I, I mean, think this so. is the first time that she's had a shot at uh, writing the teleplay. Um, yeah. Good work by Lisa. Great Directed work. Directed by Rick Colby, too. Yeah. So I thought Rick did a great job. I thought Lisa did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really good. Really good episode all around. And I, I think you did notice in the very beginning, Neelix is wearing his edgy fur coat that you oh love so much. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, why doesn't he look like that the whole time? I love that fur coat look on him. Uh, I love and, and the dart, whatever he was wearing underneath. They put him in that because he's back to his original concept, which is the, you know, the black market wheeler dealer. And so he's got contacts all over and he's found somebody that'll make a trade with them. Like mm-hmm. that's one reason I thought this episode worked so well is that every character was, was um, fitting into their concept, their original concept so well. It felt, it felt like we were back to kind of the pilot level acting, directing, writing, all of that really fell together. Yeah. Now we did talk about this a little bit in the, what do we remember extra bonus material? Um, We spoke a little bit about Joel Gray. So um, yes, Joel Gray is probably the most renowned guest star at this point in the Voyager run that we've had. Yeah, Um, I think he was. Yes. And I do remember that Joel um, is a personal friend of Kate Mulgrew and that she did have something to do with his hiring uh, for this mm-hmm. particular role. I think they I did also, a movie. I did, they, they did a movie. I want, I want to say it was Remo Williams. It was yes. like an action movie or something, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so I remember well, that. First and foremost, um, what I did not put two and two together is that Joel Gray is the father of Jennifer Gray, Dirty Dancing, and yes! Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I didn't, re- I didn't realize that. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, that's her dad. But yes, the connection that Kate had with Joel was from the 1985 film, Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins, which I enjoyed that movie, but I think it's the last time that somebody Caucasian played Asian. And it was Joel Gray's character wow. that was doing that. And so that I remember 
I kind of took offense to his being there on the set, (laughs) to be honest, because not that I don't respect him for his body of work and what he's done and for his talent, but I don't, but I definitely have issues with the fact that he took a role where he completely appropriated my, you know, my background uh, being Asian um, because he plays a Korean martial arts master in there and they taped his eyes back. And I thought really, you know, the end of that was, Charlie Chan and Curse of the Dragon Queen. That movie um, mm. was 1981. Peter Ustinov, Ustinov or Ustinov plays Ustinov. Charlie Chan. Yeah. Ustinov, yeah. So, you know, and let's face it, if you had any white actors in blackface in the 80s, they would have been picketed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody white tried to play black in the 80s, yeah. but yet there's still white actors playing Asian actors in the 80s. That's really... Is, it's horrible, man. Surprising really, to me. I didn't see yeah. Remo Williams. I remember the movie okay. was not a big success, as I recall. Mm-hmm. I think it was mm-hmm. a bit of a disappointment. Well, it's more of a cult favorite. I mean, I yeah. think there's a different... And I, like I said, I, I like the movie. I do. I just think that if the producers and the directors looked hard enough, they could have found an Asian man to play that role. Absolutely. They didn't have to Absolutely. have a white guy, right? No. So, um, so right off the bat, I really had some reservations and, and it reminded me of, of how I felt when I saw Joel Gray's name on the call sheet, which was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. He also played Asian, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of, that bugged me a, quite a bit, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I don't um, blame you. I don't then, blame you at all. You know, I don't envy the Voyager writers for having to come up with new names of races almost every right. week, right. right? Like this, this uh, the, the alien of the week are the Mokra, which right. sounds so close to Oprah and so close to okra, the food that you eat. You which know, I so love, by the way. Oprah's I'm a big wonderful. okra fan. Fried okra. Love fried yummy. okra. Yes. I do too. Very Southern dish. You know, yes. you don't find that outside the South really. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I just keep thinking, man, those writers are sitting around going, okay, we need another alien. And it's like, what could we think of? What are you eating over there? Fried okra? How about the mokra? You know, yeah, I almost exactly. wonder if that's how that came up. Uh, they came up with that. Um, I would like to say that I know the title of this episode is Resistance, but I would also rename it Distraction. Really? <laughs> yes, because I'll be perfectly perfectly honest with you. When yeah. we see the third magistrate Augris of the Mokra Order for the first time on the view screen, when yeah. he's talking to Chakotay, yes. That little piece of prosthetic that's placed on his nose. Oh, yeah. The first time I looked at it, all I could think of, it looks like female anatomy. It looks like a part of female so anatomy. you were just distracted that, the whole yes, episode? Yes. It looked wow. just like what rhymes with chivalrous is what that looked like to me. Okay? That, or... Blitterous, blitterous, chivalrous, whatever you want to okay. warm it with. That's what it looked like. He had a thing on his nose. Yes. Okay. In that particular light. Now, as you sw- continue watching the episode from certain camera angles, you realize it's people, not a blitterous. Well, it, it looks different on other people. Like on Joel Gray, from some angles, that little nose thing looks like a fingernail. Then from when you're cu- when they shoot from below up, you know, yeah, up towards the yeah. actor, then it looks like another set of nostrils, you know? It did, so for yes. The f- 
So Robbie, for the but you whole thought episode, it was obliterous. I thought it was obliterous, and I kept looking at it, going, "Geez!" And I, you know what's so crazy? I kept rewinding scenes because I wasn't listening to any of the dialogue. I was just you were distracted at the obliterous, and it really bugged the crap out of me. And then, if mm. I wasn't staring at that, then I'm staring at that funky, large green Lego Play-Doh. I know bandage, bandaid on, on bandaid on. It almost looked neck. like it was glowing in the dark. That bandage. It looks like that a glow was, stick bandage. I thought it was I a glow know. stick. Yeah, I, I, and I'm so I'm so distracted for this whole episode, staring at that bandage from the phaser wound, and then Augurus's blitterous, you know, uh, yeah. prosthetic on his nose. I mean, did you did you feel that way too? I did not. I did okay. not go to blitterous. I okay. did not. Okay, because we have there. <laughs> this is not the first time that we'll see that. Not only no. just in prosthetics on alien faces, but also. Um, wall uh, wall sconces, lighting uh, features in alien sets will yes. tend to resemble a either, lot of... either phallus or vagina is keeps coming up over and hmm. over again. And I don't know what's happening. Or maybe that's your mind. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's all in your mind. Maybe everything you to you looks you like... You never... You didn't think blitterous at I all? I, I don't know Please. if I did. Come on. I probably did, but I like you said, I think of that... I think of Blitterous a lot of times on alien makeups because it, it looks okay. that way all the time. So I'm all kind right. of, you know, I'm kind okay. of bored okay. with it. Okay. I mean, you know, just <laughs> you've, like, you've moved on. You've I've just moved accepted on from the Blitterous. It. Okay. All right. All right. By the way, I just want to say like in that, in that first scene in engineering, which was shot beautifully, I thought Rick Colby coming off the warp core to find Chakotay, then you're working hard in there. Yes. And Harry saves the day. Gets the, uh, you had a lot to do in this episode. I was surprised I did. that you didn't remember this episode because you yes. actually had a lot to do. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I honestly don't even remember shooting those scenes. You know? Yeah, you were. And Harry saves the day. But this, this is also an episode where Paris saves the day. Later, you decide offers, that you're gonna. He, yeah, he offers to sacrifice himself. You, but you did, what's so weird is that you didn't even ask for, for permission from Commander Chakotay. You just kind of said, "Hey, I'm gonna go do this." You know, you know you, it's you, interesting that you say that because I didn't see it that way. But oh. you gave an order at one point. Harry Kim gives an order to change location. Do you remember that? To I say this to who? On the bridge. Late. We're jumping way to the end of the episode. But when, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when they're firing the cannons. Yeah. And uh, and you say, move us to coordinates, change to coordinates. And then Chicote turns around and says, uh, where are we going, Ensign, or something? Oh, like my you, God. You gave a command. Let's change. You just. Look at that. You threw it out there. I was very surprised. I was like, wait a minute. You didn't. He, Harry didn't ask Chakotay. Yeah. You know, Commander, I recommend we move to blah, blah, blah. You didn't say that. Wow. So you really just said, do it. I just do it. You know, so then now the title to me, instead of resistance, it could be Maverick because both Maver yes. Harris and Kim yes. go Maverick in this yes. episode. No asking of permission. Just no, we're just doing whatever we want. We <laughs> All right. So you, you get the warp engine back online, but we need some fuel. We yeah. need some of that stuff. Yeah. That fuel, by the way, it just—it looked like the uh, the stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. What did you think that stuff looked like? I don't know. It looked like it looked uh, like mix a mix of mustard and mayonnaise together. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Or it looked like the what you would give the the. Um, do you remember Alien? Was it Alien Nation the movie where mm -hmm. the uh, where the it was Mandy Patinkin playing the uh, alien yeah, that cop? Was alien whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. They would they would have to. To, they would have to take this 
at least the alien race, the worker race would have to take this stuff that this, this, I don't know what it was, but they would, they would, um, the way they got the, where they came from, the master yeah. race would give them this substance. And it was kind of like a drug basically for them mm. to keep working, you know, kind of like how right. the Gem Hadar in Deep Space Nine also need some type of a um, pick me up to keep going. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And it looked, it kind of looked like that. It Interesting. Little, little, yeah. Maybe it was connect. Maybe they're, these aliens are, the, the Blitterous aliens are connected to the alienation aliens. <laughs> the Blitterous aliens, the, yeah. mo, the Mokruns. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, right, so this Jane, is, Janeway, by the way, I was surprised mm. that they didn't feature Joel Gray in that teaser. He just comes through like a body. He just like does a tackle, you know, yeah. runs in and does a quick tackle. It, and you don't even see what happens. It's all no. very blurry and you don't know and you don't know that joel gray is going to be the guest star like it's no. funny i was surprised honestly it, it, if i were directing yeah. that episode in my mind joel gray appears at the last moment you know does a little tackle yeah dave's janeway i would have had a close-up of joel gray yeah he that would have been one of the last things you see and then you know, so everybody in the audience knows, he, oh, Joel Gray's coming in and he's going to save the day. He's going to get involved. Do you think Rick Colby actually shot Joel's coverage for that beginning scene, but somehow it may be the, it didn't maybe. get exposed correctly, yeah. the film stock or something like that? Because, yeah, yeah they just it's chose very not. odd. Yeah, it's odd that you don't there's know There's no who it single, is. there's nothing. You don't even see the tackle. You hear the voice saying like, leave her alone or something. You hear Joel's voice, but that was almost like an afterthought. Like an like, afterthought. Okay, yeah, I thought it was very... And and if it weren't Joel Gray, I wouldn't um, expect big coverage or a shot. But it's Joel Gray. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's the first time on screen. But maybe that maybe was he choice. wasn't a Robbie. Maybe he wasn't available. Maybe he could only give certain amount of days. And the day that they shot that scene, like he couldn't do it. Yeah. Sometimes you know, they put a stunt double in there, you know, on the on his back or something. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Um, I found that. It was uh, interesting to see Tuvok and Torres being paired together in scenes. That's a combo that you don't see. You don't often. see that very often, right? no. Not Even at though all. both their, their character names begin with T, so there is some commonality there. But other yeah. than that, you don't see them that often. And they're well, together. it was nice to see the, the Klingon in Balana, you know, really pacing around her f- anger and frustration. And mm-hmm. I think uh, Tuvok and Balana are a great pairing because they're, they're the odd couple. They're so different. Yeah, in terms of her, she can't control her emotions. And, That's yeah, you know what I mean. And and yeah, and he can't reveal any emotions. It's a great mm-hmm. pairing. So mm-hmm. um, opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, the other thing I noticed was uh, when we do finally see Joel Gray's face, and we kind of pan across his court, his room, his apartment, or whatever, and he's he's singing a song. Could you tell what that song was? He was kind of like singing to himself. No. And first of all, I thought, is that Joel Gray or is that some child? Because it was a very kind of a higher like a pitched. Kid, yeah. It, it sounds like, like a kid's nursery rhyme thing. Yeah. See, I almost felt that, that that wasn't Joel Gray, but that was Joel Gray's memory of his daughter singing that song. Oh, interesting. His daughter who's no longer, you know, alive. Yeah. Uh, we don't know that she's no longer alive at that point, but I thought maybe that's his daughter or a memory of his daughter as a child singing a child nursery rhyme because it never, there was no yeah. 
you know, there's no coverage on Joel with his mouth moving. No, it just sort of panned across. He heard him singing, you know, couldn't even really make it out. And then you find Janeway. I thought um, one thing I did notice early on is this whole episode had a darkness about it. It was very dark. Like at, at one point, I think in engineering, uh, you and Chakotay come forward into this 50-50, you're facing each other. Yeah. And it's just shadow. It's a silhouette. There's no coverage. There's no, you know, it's yeah. a very dark episode. And I wonder if that was a choice. Yeah. I know that, you know, we were talking with Ben Robinson recently about Michael Pillar's desire to have Voyager be a much edgier show, to be a darker, darker stories and, you know, darker story-wise and, and characters that are flawed and and darker in some ways. I wonder if literally that was sort of being pushed in this episode a little bit because it had darker qualities to the story, the resistance, the oppressive, you know, militant sort of race, the, mm -hmm. the um, yeah, just all of it sort of hiding and the resistance, all of that stuff. Yeah. wonder if they said like darken things, let it be in shadow because it was very dark, very shadowy. Yeah, compared to what we're used to. Right. Definitely. Yep. And I made a note that I said the look and the tone of the scenes on the Mokran planet remind me of the sets used for the uh, Mars colony in the film Total Recall with Schwarzenegger. Like mm -hmm. when they were on Mars, that sort of kind of darker, dingier marketplace with some yeah. neon going on. And, and that same kind of look was uh, also evident in this episode. So yeah. I, I did see that for sure. Um, did it bother you when Tuvok and Torres are being questioned by the magistrate and then Torres sort of gets angry and so then she ends up threatening the armed Mokrin guard with her elbow? She's like, I'm gonna give you an elbow. Like, did yeah. that bother you at all? No, I didn't like, notice that. Okay, because if I was directing that particular scene, I think that I would have had... Uh, it would have made more sense for Torres to sort of like tackle, like run and tackle that guard up against the wall. Instead, all she did was get up from where she was at and stick her Show elbow to her. Look at my elbow. Look at my Klingon elbow. Respect the elbow was kind mm -hmm. of, you know, what it was. And, and I thought that's not very realistic. I, I, I would have liked to see her just totally gang tackle this guy in the midsection and knock him up against the bulkhead in that yeah. prison scene. And that would have been more like, whoa, mm. you know. So mm. that's something I noticed. Yeah, I did notice that uh, that Tuvok again. Uh, what was the other episode? Was it Cold Fire or where he was boiled alive or something? And uh, yeah, that's Cold Fire. Cold where he fire. started looking like uh, Michael Jackson in the yeah. thrill Thriller video. Yeah, yeah, and now he's getting tortured. Like Tuvok, <laughs> he's having a rough couple of episodes. Like. Poor guy. That's true. His insides are being liquefied in the past episode, a couple episodes ago. And yeah. then now look at now him. He's getting he's tortured. Getting, he's getting and like, he's having a rough time. He's having <laughs> yeah. a rough, rough time. Poor I just made a note. I thought Joel Gray was is so good in this episode. I love his acting. It's a very mm. empathetic character. Mm -hmm. But uh, from, from the moment it started, I was really... Um, you know, my heart was with this character and this, you know, the more that was revealed about him. Yeah. And, and why he was sort of haunted and, and made yeah. crazy, you know, he yeah. sort of has driven him, his shame and his guilt mm -hmm. and all of mm -hmm. that that came out um, has sort of turned him into this, this town crazy. And, uh, yeah. and 
you know, at first, uh, Janeway, you know, the way that played uh, that Kate played these scenes, you know, her she was irritated and sort of dismissive, and then slowly she started getting more and more drawn into who this man really was. The more she yeah. got to know him, yeah, I thought it was all played really beautifully, and the chemistry between Kate and Joel Gray was phenomenal. Yeah, um, as actors, I thought it was great. I would like to look into my. Oh, stack of scripts to see if I can find this script because I want to know how it was scripted, that scene in the marketplace where Joel comes out and does his little, I'm crazy kind yeah. of, you know, thing. I, I just, I'm curious how they, how it was so it was well, written. I wonder how it was, I wonder if it was just a simple little, you know, he comes out and clowns around and Joel Gray made all that up. Did that whole know? thing up, yeah. That would be my guess. That would be, honestly, that would be my guess. I doubt that they had it all scripted out in detail. My guess is that felt so organic to, yeah, to Joel but the, Gray. But the argument for the scripted out part would have to be at the end when the magistrate finds the for some reason there's a melon that's just carved the out honey sitting yeah and like how many people how many people sell melons and leave one melon <laughs> half cut and already scooped out sitting there for sale i mean that that to me was like maybe it was scripted because to use that honeydew melon as a maybe, hat maybe but they you know it might have it might have said in this often what what scripts will say in things in situations like that a script might say you know the magistrate grabs some you know fruit off the off the market table and mm -hmm. sticks it on his head or something and they don't mm -hmm. know what fruit and then as you start to plan the, the shooting you say well what kind of fruit i don't know what would a pineapple yeah. would look funny but how would we make that fit well yeah what about a big melon that's carved out you know you, you sort of right you find your way to the solution but it's often the script just gives a suggestion of of something but yeah that'd be interesting to see Mm -hmm. how it was described and and what is business like the bread going into his mouth you know yeah was yeah. that described he stuffed some bread into his mouth i don't know maybe it was scripted yeah yeah um i think my hair looks really stiff in this episode like there's so much hairspray in it i mean mm -hmm. i kept looking at again i'm distracted i'm distracted by the band-aid by the blitterous by my hair being really hard looking it just I did not like notice a that i did not notice that <laughs> you're not catching any of that stuff okay that's all right i was really i i gotta be honest and i know some people are saying that i'm just being too easy on episodes lately yeah. but I love this episode. I thought it was very well acted. I thought it was well written, well directed. I really did. I, we've got some good episodes now. There was a, a while there where we had some stinkers. We had some okay. pretty stinky stinkers. All right. Well, I'll be honest. This is not my favorite episode, partially that's because fair. of my bias against what Joel Gray's past resume did. And I know that's not fair, but it's not. It's truly not my favorite episode. Yeah. Okay. I that's know fair. you like it. Yeah. That's fair. Um, nice, uh, random appearance by Glenn Morshower. Um, yes, I <laughs> noticed prison that too. Guard. He's, he's doing an under five practically. And I'm like, why is he doing that? That's I know. And I saw him recently at the, um, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Star Trek convention, uh, in August of yeah. last year. That was the last time they had it. He was there for that. And, um, whoever was assisting him, uh, was t telling me how he has an affinity for craps and you know how much I love the game of craps. Mm -hmm. So Glenn and I actually met up at the craps table later at one, one oh, night. Nice. We, we played a little quick session. Yeah, He's a good, so. I've, I've worked with him a couple of times. I directed him a couple of times. 
I directed him just last year on an episode of The Resident, the Fox mm-hmm. Medical Show. Yeah. And he and I talked a lot because I had a an acting studio in Atlanta. I, yes. I had started. You came down there and we did That's a class. Right. Uh, Glenn has an acting studio in Dallas where he lives. Oh. Um, yeah. He okay. teaches in Dallas and he also teaches a class in LA. So I think he commutes or something. Really? Once, once okay. a week he goes. But yeah, yeah, we were talking about, you know, teaching and he's a, he's a very popular acting teacher these days. And that's a big part of his, uh, you know, uh, how he spends his time. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Um, yeah in I terms love of his, he's, he's yeah. a very talented actor. For me, what's his, the role that sticks out the most for Glenn Morshower that I, from his resume, would have to be his role as the Secret Service agent on 24 mm. um, that protected the president. And he, I just, you know, he did that so well. Um, yeah. And the fact that he's actually teaching, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, we need yeah, more he's good teachers out there, people that have resumes and that can teach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought when Chicote and the and the Mokra officer meet in the briefing room, I liked the little detail when he insulted Neelix, you know. He said something about, well, stories about your ship, you know, we've heard that you guys are causing trouble wherever you go, and I can see you're hanging out with these kind of unseemly people or whatever, mm-hmm. however he put yeah. it. Yeah. And I love that I just love, you know, knowing more about Talaxians and Neelix and who he is. I don't know why I feel like I want to defend that backstory of who he used to be, the kind of scrappy, you know, black market, you know, trader, you know, knowing all the unsavory characters. I just think that's a real <laughs> side of Neelix that that was lost. And yeah. I, I love that they... I also love that people are talking about Voyager in the Delta Quadrant. Like, oh yeah, we've heard about you guys. It feel I feel like that's starting to happen in multiple episodes lately. There's you know everywhere we go, people are saying, "Oh, you guys are trouble." We've heard about you. Um, you know your fascination with Neelix. I think you should pitch CBS the Neelix Chronicles. The Neelix Chronicles. <laughs> I know. Let's get his like backstory a little bit. Um, and then at the end, I, I really I thought it was so bizarre that the magistrate is like. We have 85 phased ion cannons targeted at your ship. And I was like, wow, what a random number. But also, 85 is the year that Remo Williams <laughs> came out. And I thought, That's, is this what's happening? Is this the universe constantly think- just? taking a dagger and going, and remember this. You're looking for connections. Like that's how the human brain works. We look for connections. You made that connection. That's amazing. But but you've got to know, you have to admit how random 85. That's phased ion cannons. Because they could have just said, we have phased ion cannons targeted at your ship. That's it. He didn't have to say the number because when they did start firing at us, we have 85 Remo phase cannons. (laughs) What if he said that? We have, we have 85 Remo, Remo cannons. Williams cannons <laughs> pointed in your direction. Remo. Remo. Yeah. We have 85 Joel Gray cannons paint pointed at your targeting your ship. Now that would have been a connection. That would have been a connection. But but when they did fire upon us or when we were on the ship, we it wasn't like this volley of 85 that came at us. It was like one. It was like one. By and the way, another that, one. that whole sequence with you up on the bridge talking, you had a lot of lines up there. Yeah. And I noticed a couple times, 
because I know that you used to tape your script pages, you know, not, lines. A, not that early though. I don't think I did it that early. To you be did. You did. I caught you. I caught you. <laughs> you, you saw I me caught looking you down? literally looking down and reading. Oh, Robbie. I saw it I once, think... maybe twice, but I definitely <laughs> saw it once. You were like, like just <laughs> you were looking and it wasn't looking like doing some business on the console. You were looking down at your line. And you had a lot of lines, by the way. I don't blame you. You just got caught in the cut, in the edit. They put a shot of you reading your line off the thing. I'm telling you. Go back and look well, at Hey, it. just like I'm looking for stuff with the 85 cannons, I think you're just looking for stuff, some connections right now, buddy. I was, gonna, I, but I found it. I'm going to look back over and see, see if that's you should the go case back or and not. You'll see it. You'll see where my, my memories were that this is not the time that I started writing the stuff down. I figured I that know. I started putting stuff down closer to like season four or five, like later in the game. But hey, you know, so. you might be right. I think <laughs> for this but one, I, you know, if you were anything I, like me, by the way, because I would do the same thing. I would put my page and my yeah. sides and pages down there. Uh, I'm not, believe me, I'm not saying I didn't do it. Because on the okay. bridge, it's hard. It's just hard. The, the, the lines they wrote, the pace that they had to come at, mm -hmm. the fact that we're supposed to be looking at these consoles, getting information, yeah. it, it made sense to put yeah. some script pages there. And you had a lot of lines with Chakotay. You, you had a, a big chunk. I so I did. But I caught you once. I okay. caught you, you maybe that's twice. Fine. I, <laughs> Yeah, for me, I'm okay with you catching me doing that, looking down there. I, I would not be okay if you, know. yeah, if you caught me looking into camera, I think that's the number no, one thing that I, I try that. not to do is like look into camera. Uh, excuse me. It's weird. Yeah, I, yeah it is a little bizarre. So um, there's a kid, by the way, si sidebar, there's a kid, a little kid um, on our show, Resident Alien, that I've been making this last year. Yeah. And he's adorable. But he's so funny because he constantly looks over at the camera because like, he wants to be funny. And so he'll be in a scene and he'll be like, oh, yeah, well, she said that. And you're like, what? Why are you, Why are you breaking the fourth wall over like, and over Judah, again? Don't look at the camera. Do it again. Don't look at the camera. Don't look at she camera. said that. And he's like, he's like, do you get it? So was he's I, looking for I, a valid, is yeah. it validation that he's looking for after he says the line? I don't know. He like, just looks at the camera. <laughs> How old is this kid, Robbie? He's like nine. He's nine or something. He's adorable. He's funny. <laughs> That's normal. Like it's natural. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then, and then on the bridge, you gave some directional orders without Chakotay's permission. I thought that was. Uh, I got to rewatch this episode yeah. again now after you've brought all this stuff up. And Paris Especially. is up there. Paris is going. Here's what we got to do. We can get through, and he he basically volunteers to save the day and sacrifice. But himself. you don't volunteer. You just do it. You I just, just do it because I'm so dreamy that I just do it. Or maybe we're just following Janeway's lead because that's her. That's her mantra that she always says. Just she says, I, do it. Right. I'm, she does. Note the here, Janeway. Yeah. Janeway is willing to sacrifice herself. Yeah. For this man she barely knows, and I thought yeah. that's really heroic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. I loved just as we get to the end, I love the fact that um, I love that he that he is able to revenge is, is a word I don't like, but you know, given an opportunity, he's able to um, find some closure, find some closure yeah. and and take out the bad guy that the bad guy gets what he deserves. Joel Gray is able to serve the karma to the bad guy. And um, 
and I love that Kate or that Janeway um, buys into his hope and his fantasy and his his story that she is the daughter and that that Janeway before Joel Gray Joel Gray's character Kaylin dies mm. that she's able to say I forgive you dad I forgive you father so he dies at peace um, for the for the you know, the forgiveness that he needed. And uh, I thought that, I thought it was beautiful. It was really sweet. Um, Is that your theme for this episode then? Uh, showing compassion and empathy and, and Janeway's compassion and empathy towards uh, a stranger in a way. And my theme, the way, I, the way I, I wrote down, yes, I'm kind of, yeah, kind of. The theme I wrote down is hope can seem like a fantasy or foolish, but you need hope to ever have a chance of change. And we're nothing without hope. That was sort of my theme. Mm. Okay. That uh, I feel like the hope and it, that hope can seem like fantasy or foolishness. Uh, like the Joel Grey character, he had this hope that seemed mm -hmm. crazy, mm -hmm. but ultimately he was able to achieve what he needed for closure because of that hope, that crazy hope that, that seemed insane. So yeah, that's my, that's my theme. That's my theme. What about you? Yeah. Mine's a little different. My, mine's more about just, if you look at this episode of the big picture, yeah, we started this episode with them being very shady, you know, sort of like, Oh, let's do this deal in a dark room and this and that, and try to get the tellurium. And I feel like for me, the theme is honesty is the best policy. Why on earth did we not first approach these xenophobic, these aliens are really on edge to begin with. Like the Blitterous aliens are always yeah. thinking about like, oh my God, we've already been, you know, other aliens have come in and taken advantage of us and we don't trust anybody. And it's like, look, if we had just contacted these people and said, uh, hi, we're Voyager, we need Tellurium. Is there, what can we trade you for? You know what I'm saying? Instead of being all like, yeah. cause then nobody would have been put in prison. Nobody would have, but then again, we wouldn't have an episode. So I understand that. That's so. why we did it. So we could make an episode. I get it. That's why okay. Janeway took us to the dangerous planet. So we could film everything. Yeah. Because it's real. That was a real planet. That was a real planet. Voyager That's the is... only real planet that we went to in the seven years, though. <laughs> um, yeah. So mine's more about honesty. I okay. Think be more All right. Yeah. That's going to be my, uh, my two cents worth on the theme. Um, Wow, I think Great. we're done. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. I think we, we got done. through that. Holy moly! I, I, uh, I, I just got to say, I really loved it. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Lisa Clink wrote this episode. I think she did a great job. I was, yeah, I was all. I know that I was always happy to see Rick Colby. We all loved when he directed. Mm -hmm. It just felt he started us off in the pilot, so it yeah. always felt like home when he was back. So, uh, great scale job. from one to ten, what are you going to rate this? Um, I would rate this at about an eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give it a 6.5. Better than average, but, you know. Interesting. Not my favorite. Okay. Not okay. my favorite. Yeah. That's, That's okay. fair. That's yeah. absolutely fair. It's honest assessment. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm looking forward to next week when we will be reviewing Prototype. So join us for Prototype next week. And for our patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>